Hello, welcome. It's Business Matters live on the BBC World Service. Today, the continuing fallout from Britain's vote to leave the EU. The UK's credit rating downgraded by all three main credit agencies. Let's look in a little more detail at reaction in the United States. Robert Hormatz of Kissinger Associates was President Obama's Undersecretary for Economic Growth for four years, up to 2013. He's been talking to the BBC's Laura Trevelyan in Washington. If, in fact, it takes a long time for Britain and the EU to work out an agreement, that will prolong uncertainty in the UK, prolong uncertainty in Europe. That could have an effect on slowing down investment and growth in general. The second and the broader point is that I think the Brexit vote will be seen by historians as an inflection point in the overall process of globalization. We've begun to see commitment to globalization fray over the last several years as people are concerned with immigration, people are concerned with trade and foreign competition, people are concerned with the fact that globalization benefits certain groups and not others, and that governments perhaps don't hear them, aren't listening to their concerns about globalization, about technology, about immigration. So what then could be the impact here in the US? The Treasury Secretary, Jack Lew, says he doesn't think it has the makings of another financial crisis, but nevertheless, growth here hasn't been that strong. I think Jack Lew's right. There's no reason to believe this means a new financial crisis because many of our financial institutions are in a much stronger position. Indeed, almost all of them are in a much stronger position today than they were several years ago. The broader point for the United States is that we have a great stake in the global economic system. And we also have very strong groups internally in this country that would like us to turn away from global economic leadership, turn away from trade leadership, turn away from playing an active role in moving the global economy forward. And those groups, if they prevail, I think will diminish American leadership. They want to focus on events at home, which is important. But the global economy has a big effect on our own economy, as it does on other countries' economies. And if we give up that leadership or turn inward, it will not help our economy. It will hurt. And as you're pointing out, so much of this has to do with politics, with so much political uncertainty at the moment. What can be done to restore economic stability? Well, I think it's very important that political leaders try to help people who do not feel that they've benefited from globalization or from productivity improvements or from technology to do better, to feel more included, to listen to those people. If they feel more confident about their own lives, they'll feel more confident about the global economy. And of course, we also have to work with the UK and with with Europe and other countries to make sure that the global economic system works well, works effectively, and and that is now in jeopardy. Robert Hormatz uh, of uh, Kissinger Associates, former former, uh, uh, undersecretary in the Obama administration. Uh, Dinah, coming to you first on that, I suspect there are aspects of that you'll disagree with. But uh, on the comment uh, on commitment to globalization, that seems um, not just accurate, but applicable beyond Europe. 
Oh, I, I, uh, I'm fully in favor of globalization, but globalization doesn't have to mean that the EU controls the number of hours per week people in Britain can work. It shouldn't mean that Brussels can control what kind of vacuum cleaner you buy, that you can't buy a vacuum cleaner over 1,600 watts. It shouldn't mean that you have to buy food in kilos rather than pounds. So many people are in favor of globalization, but the EU has become too intrusive, and that's why the majority of people voted to leave and why many other Europeans would vote to leave too. It's not having to do with globalization. It has to do with intrusion in everyday life. That is nothing to do with the business of trade or globalization. Simon, take us uh, on into Asia with this issue of globalization. Where, where are people talking about this in terms of a feeling that in, for some citizens, globalization, well, it may have sparked some growth, but it didn't spark it for me. I, I, I think you can put it in an even broader context. It's not just that people are uncomfortable with globalization itself. With fee- they're, uncom- they're uncomfortable with some of the byproducts or what they see as the byproducts, increased inequality, that it benefits some, not, not, some people, not others. And they're uncomfortable with increasingly with what they see as entrenched elites making decisions for them that they have no say in. And in that context, this vote has resonated in some parts of Asia as an example of that trend, of a revolt against doing what is what you are told is best for you. And it's a phenomenon one's seen in elections in Indonesia in 2014 with the election of a man from outside the elite, just now in the Philippines with the election of Rodrigo Duterte on a, an explicitly anti-elite, anti-establishment platform. And, and that move is, is one that you see across Asia, and it's part of an anti-globalization trend, but is also part of a general uh, revolt by the people who feel excluded from the elites. What about a territory like Hong Kong? Well, in Hong Kong, uh, there's a a small but increasingly active group now campaigning for uh, self-determination. That is saying that the current arrangement they have with China, so-called one country, two systems, where Hong Kong is allowed autonomy until 2047, is not working. Uh, Witness China's refusal to grant Hong Kong some basic democratic freedoms. So the only option is to go back to the drawing board and have an act of self-determination, which Hong Kong, unlike other former British colonies, was denied. I mean, it's, it's a fantasy, one has to say, because China is never going to contemplate anything like Hong Kong's secession. But it, it, you're right, it feeds into the same, the same movement, uh, the same international mood of disgruntlement at uh, not having, not having a, a say in things. But let's just come to uh, Alison. You've been uh, sitting patiently listening. Um, and I guess you've got uh, friends and family back home in Scotland, and I wonder how they have been reacting over the last few days. Well, it looks to me like another referendum is likely on Scottish independence. It's almost inevitable. And uh, anecdotally, I've heard that some Scots who voted no to independence in 2014 are now inclined to vote yes. They don't want to be part of what they see as an isolationist, xenophobic, little England mentality. But going back to the globalisation issue that you discussed earlier, I see Brexit as part of a larger trend, this widespread shift towards nationalism and anti-globalisation. And I feel it could be the beginning of the end of capitalism as we know it. The majority of Britons have voted against the status quo. Globalisation is not working for them. And I feel in the US there's a big lesson. It's a big wake-up call. 
all to establishment politics here and Hillary Clinton and the Democratic Party need to take note of it and start doing more to address the people who are not benefiting from globalisation and doing something to help them more. Simon, that's a, a, a perhaps a, a very bleak message to, to take away, the, uh, a sense of fundamental danger to the global financial system. Uh, I, I think I think it's justified. I mean, I think what we have seen is a, a big setback to the uh, international order uh, as it as it has been constituted for the past forty, fifty years. Um, that it does reflect a sense of resentment that that is not just in the UK against the EU, not just elsewhere in the EU against the EU, but is is felt around the world against the the current economic system. I mean, if one looks at uh, pioneering trade agreements like the one out here, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, it is hard actually to find any country of those 12 where that is really a popular idea. People just think it has either nothing to do with them or is against their interests. The the the, the popular mood has dissociated, disassociated itself from what governments are doing in, in, in globalisation. Okay. Thanks all. I'm afraid we're out of time. There's so much more we could have talked about. Uh, We really appreciate taking the time to get into all the individual issues as we've tried to uh, unpick them through the hour. From uh, Washington, D.C., Diana Firthcott-Roth. Thank you, Diana. Thanks for being with us again on the show. Uh, Alison Van Diggelen in California. Alison, thanks a lot. My pleasure. And Simon Long, have an excellent day. I hope it's not uh, too hectic as you uh, work on the next piece, Simon. Thanks. Thanks, Fergus. Okay. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks a lot. Team's back uh, same time tomorrow. We are live on the BBC World Service, also listeners in the UK on Radio 4. Online, of course, and the whole show's uh, on the website, so it'll be there for quite a while. If you missed the beginning, you want to get into some of the earlier issues, just look for Business Matters at the BBC.